Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Okay, um, if we have speed limits, why why don't we have cars that adhere to speed limits? Why, do, why, why don't we take uh, speed limits out of the hands of drivers? We should not make cars that go over 85 miles an hour. Done. Then we'll solve our problem. We won't have these lunatics speeding past us. And why are we allowed? Why did they go up to like 120, Adam? You raise it because this is American. We love our cars, oh, and we love on. the. We like to just know that our car could do 120 if we wanted it to. That's oh my why. god! But the so reason dumb. we're bringing this up, there's an article that I saw on Twitter last night about the fact that cars should have governors on them that don't allow you to go over 100 miles an hour. We've heard the stories. Something in, something broke in us during the pandemic where people didn't drive anymore and the people who chose to dro- drive were doing like 150 miles an hour because they could. There was nobody on the roads and we just mm-hmm. lost our minds and apparently we're finding it hard to adjust to post-pandemic life where people are actually on the roads now and we still have knuckleheads driving over 100 miles an hour. I get that. Uh, no, it's not safe to go that fast. And I, I realize that there, there is the technology that exists where we could have in our cars governors that would prevent cars from going like over 100 miles an hour. But we really, we, we need computers to, to control yes. how we drive? No, we don't. Have you met us? Americans have cannot us? have nice That's such things. such a good line. Have you met <laughs> us? Have you met humans? Do you know human beings? <laughs> really? Are you aware of human beings and their capabilities? <laughs> What is yes. happening in the world? There were Nazis marching in Wisconsin. We'll talk about that later. But like, no, we should not be allowed to go 120 miles an hour because, Adam, we will. We will do the stupid stuff. And oh, we no, won't. we cannot. No, we oh, won't. Oh, my God. Of course we will. You've seen it. Even as I was driving home from the Taco Bell in St. Paul last night, another story we will yes. do. Uh, people were flying by me, and I was doing... Get out of the way, Grandma. Get out of the way, Grandma. I got places to be. No, first of all, my eyes aren't so good anymore. Okay, well, okay. Well, we have. Well, but we have speed limits. Okay, we uh, six five. Chime in here, by the way. Should we have governors in our cars that prevent it from going over a hundred miles an hour? Or well, why stop there? Six five one four six one nine two two six. If there's a speed limit of seventy miles an hour on I thirty five. Then our cars shouldn't go past 70. Then our cars should restrict us going faster than 70 miles an hour. I mean, we have the capability. I've, I've got a map yeah. in my car that tells me what the speed limit mm-hmm. on, is on mm-hmm. any road. I don't have to wait for the sign anymore. My Google Maps tells me it's 70 mm-hmm. miles an hour. That's the speed limit. Well, if, if, you're, if that Google Maps can tell your car what the speed limit is, it should be able to tell your car, don't go faster than 70 miles an hour. Why don't we do it that so, way if it's so efficient? Are you agreeing with me? No, that we not at not all. Make- because oh. we, because we trust our bill. I, I'm going to use the, oh. the, uh, the old uh, Second Amendment uh, NRA line here. Uh, guns don't kill people. People kill people. <laughs> 
Cars don't kill people. Bad drivers kill people. You know, we could do a lot more of, like, restricting the ability of knuckleheads to drive. There's a start. You know, if you get, like, three oh, or four... that's not going to happen. Well, if you get, like, Come three on. or four DWIs, maybe you shouldn't be driving anymore. Well, that's true. That's already... Oh, they don't take away your license after three or four DWIs? Uh, we've had many cases of people who've yeah, had multiple not. DWIs and continue to drive. And again, I know even if you get your license taken away, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to attempt to drive, drive again. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, enforce. Okay, or maybe we, well, then maybe we make cars. Yes, I'm going to stick to my guns here that don't go over. What, what's the highest speed limit in the U.S.? Is it like 85 miles an hour? Well, I think some states roads? are like, you know, the, the old rumor was like Montana doesn't have a speed limit. Is that true? Uh, Are there freeways in Montana that do not have speed I limits? believe most, if not all, of those have gone away. I think the okay. line used to be like, wise and prudent or something like that. You know, that's the yes. speed limit. But I believe 85 is the highest in the U.S. right now. Okay. That's what I read also this morning. So, But again, even if Montana doesn't have a speed limit, there's really no need to ever go above 85. And also, the car that you have with, with like the, 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 the four-cylinder engine – is going to be shaking by the time you get to 85. So let, let's not do that. But if we don't make cars that go above 85, then we won't have this problem. And no, we cannot police ourselves. Current history, past history has shown us that uh, current history, I guess that's an oxymoron, but recent <laughs> history, excuse me, recent history. <laughs> that's, that's what I meant to say. Sorry, it's Monday morning. Um, you know, has shown us we cannot police ourselves. We're a bunch of idiots. And if there are rules, we will break them. So you know what, car makers? And, and Adam, how about car makers or cars that come with a little slot where you have to scan your current driver's license? And if your driver's license is taken away because you've driven drunk a bunch of times, you your car won't start. Just like well, you breathalyzers. Ra- I mean, you, we talked well, about that. You raise a good point that all this capability – uh, yes, is possible. I mean, you could uh, you could have cars that would not let you start them if you're impaired. Uh, that's but the problem is that's a lot of money for for car companies to install all that technology, yeah. and they're pushing back against that. Um, Come on, you're making smaller engines. They're not going to go above 85. You don't need like V8 engines, right? Is is our engines about speed or are they about like pickup? This is how much I know about cars. You know nothing about cars. I know nothing. I just know people shouldn't be driving 95. How about a compromise where we know there's like this uh, ignition interlock system where if you get a DWI, you can get your license back, but you have to like whatever, blow into the tube or whatever you got to do to start your vehicle. What if it was a situation like that? If you get pulled over for going over 100 or over 30 over the speed limit or whatever. You get a governor on your car. You get a governor on your car and you are not allowed to get your license back until that governor is installed in your car. How about that for a compromise? Hmm. I'm for that. We put I don't like restrictions. I'd rather fight about it. <laughs> we put. I mean, we put restrictions on people who break the law egregiously. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's right. one David I would be Pants. amenable to. Uh, somebody's yeah, texting in six five one four six one nine two two six. I drive commercial truck. I can't go over seventy miles an hour because of governor installed by the company I drive for. Thank you. And that, you know, New York City, they're doing a pilot program where they're taking like 20,000 of city vehicles and they're putting governors in their cars. And it's a pilot program and they might do the rest of them. So there are certain jurisdictions where, and certain mm-hmm. cities, you can imagine, where this is probably a popular idea. And the idea, too, is that, okay, if, if they're government cars that are restricted, you know, right. on city streets... 
that means everybody behind those cars are going to go slower too. So that's kind of the thought press process behind mm-hmm. it. If mm-hmm. this was an option when you were going to buy a car for one of your kids, you know, you're going 100%. to buy the car and there's an extra, hey, for an extra hundred bucks, we'll put a governor on there that will keep them safe. hundred yeah. percent. Would you do that? Of course. <laughs> but I don't want it on my car. And I, you know what? I've never, uh, I think I've gone, uh, I had a f- 1996 Ford Escort and I had that baby going about 105 miles an hour. Down wow. A- was it shaking? Were like the oh, yeah. wheels falling off of well, the yeah, Ford Yeah, but that Escort? was a 1996 car. And cars nowadays, you, you can go 90 easy in these cars nowadays. Yes. You don't even feel it. You can't even tell. Well, that's why we need to not do that. You know, if you have a nice car and you're, or a fast car and your kid is driving it, I mean, it, it gets dicey. They don't sometimes realize how fast they're no. going. And again, there's no need to drive 100 miles an hour. Generally, most of us are driving on the highways or certainly the back roads in our neighborhood. And no, we should not be driving 100 miles an hour. So I am all for cars not even being made that go more than that, I think it would help. Or these governors, I'm all for it because we have proven we cannot have nice or fast. Keep t- keep Tim Walls out of my car. No governors in cars. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Is it a good idea, though? We've got the capability. Should car manufacturers put governors in cars so you can't go over 100 miles an hour? 651 651- Four six one nine two two six. Is this a good idea? Jordana says yes. I'm like no. I'm an American. I can police myself. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Your calls and texts next. Does that caller want to go on the air with us, David? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. But the caller, David said the caller. Someone called in and said there's already a setting uh, in new cars. I guess that where you you don't. You aren't allowed to go over a certain speed. Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not surprised okay. by that, that a lot of cars have, you know, advanced computers and a lot of technology, and there's a way to go into the settings of the car, if you yeah. will. Like parental controls, and, Yes, right? like parental controls. I, I, don't, I don't know that it's on every car, but at least some are newer models of cars are offering features like that. That would force me to actually read the manual of the car. How many people actually read a manual when you get the car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, my dad. Jeff Green. No, Jeff Green would absolutely read the manual. And I respect that because then I haven't gotten a new car in years and years and years. But if I ever did get a car when I was younger, I was like, all right, Dad, help me out with this. I did the whole, you read the manual and just tell me what I need to know. We're talking about. Some people do. We're talking about. There was an interesting article uh, forwarded, and the NTSB is behind this. The National Transportation Safety Board is trying to convince the National uh, Highway. Safety Administration, I forget the mm-hmm. the other acronym there, but to push for uh, new cars having governors where you cannot go over 100 miles an hour. Like I read in this article, did you know, like in California, obviously there's a lot of people in California, but in California, 3,000 tickets a month are issued for people going over 100 miles an hour. Okay, so now is it just a revenue source or is it actually a deterrent? Because if they're issuing that many tickets, first of all, in California, isn't there a ton of traffic? Who's driving this fast in California? Well, not everywhere. In, in, the, in L.A., but, I mean, if you're, like, on the PCH or the Pacific Coast Highway and you get the wind yeah. in your hair, yeah, fire that baby up to 110 100 miles, miles an hour. Oh, yeah, you're right on the edge of the cliff. Ooh, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? <laughs> 
Well, I guess the tickets aren't working then. Well. Because, you know, they're not working as a deterrent. So they're now become a revenue source, which, well, I could see why uh, maybe the government of whoever's getting the revenue from these tickets would not want to enforce these governors. Because, remember, governors is uh, something in your car. It's not actually Tim Mm -hmm. Walls sitting next to you uh, that stops you from going over a certain limit. But um, maybe it's a revenue source, which, no, it shouldn't be. Let's... uh, I mean, again, I guess these people are idiots, so, but it's not a deterrent. I think this is more of a safety thing. Someone said more, more accidents are caused by distracted driving than speeding. Well, and that might be true, but if you're speeding also, it could make it a more deadly accident. Much, yes. It just it's clear makes everything that worse. Speed kills. It makes everything mm-hmm. that much more worse. Uh, here's, mm-hmm. uh, here's an interesting text, and I'm wondering, we talked, we talked in the show meeting this morning about whether young people will save us. And here's a text. I'm an American. I can police myself is a boomer mindset that keeps our society stuck in the mud. So that is the question that I have, too, about this. Do younger, will younger people look at this and say, duh, this is such a no-brainer? I mean, comp- yeah. that yes, of course we should change yeah. our system where we have cars that actually are safer and control our speed. What do you think about that? I think... That's it. Once you grandfather something in, and sorry for the grandfather boomer reference, like, for example, um, seatbelts. Don't you remember, Adam, when we were younger, the seatbelt law went into effect, and there were people screaming about, you can't tell me what to do in my car. If I don't want to wear a seatbelt, I shouldn't have to wear a seatbelt. I mean, it was like they had to donate their left testicle or something. It was awful. They were so mad about the seatbelts. And now when you get in a car, kids just, it's a no-brainer. You just buckle up. It's not a big deal. So like if we start making cars or or that can't go over a certain limit, that'll just be the way it is. No big deal. No one's rights are, are too upset about that. Jim has called in from Wisconsin where they have no road laws, as I understand. Jim, is that correct? You can just drive wherever you want as fast as you want. Yeah, I, I tell you what, you can you can do a lot of things in Wisconsin and northern Wisconsin and, and not worry about it. That's yeah. for sure. What do you uh, What do you think about this? Yeah, I was. Uh, well, I was driving into the. I just got to the Minneapolis airport. And I've listened to your conversation, and uh, my daughter was driving my old Cadillac for a high school car, and uh, the the shocks went out in the back, and we had to put in regular shocks, which were put in a speed limit thing on the computer. And so her car could only go 80 miles an hour. And as we were having dinner one night, she started asking me questions. She's like, Dad, will my car go over 80 miles an hour? And I said, no, it won't. And I said, why would you need to be driving 84 anyway? And Good question. It was just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. As, as she's, she was on the highway and she was getting pushed uh, to the mall by drivers and you know, she kept trying to go with the flow, and she finally discovered that 80 was the, was the cap, and oh. uh, it was the best thing ever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, now, Jim. Jim. Wait, Jim, where are you going? Where are you headed? At? You're going to the airport. Uh, well, I wish I wish it was exciting. I'm going to Houston today oh. just, for, uh, just for the night, yeah. Oh, okay, for work. Well, safe trip, my Thanks, friend, Jim. and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yep, bye. With Jordana, 100%, I'm a boomer, and I agree that young people will save us. I agree with Jordana. Every car should only go to 80 miles an hour, be gray in color, look exactly the same, be tracked by the government. (laughs) Uh, 100 shouldn't shouldn't be the number. It should be slower. Way too dangerous. Great. Great. I love you, Adam, but you are the problem. They put a a governor on your car. 
people would find a way to defeat it. Listen to this. There's a technology available for new cars where police could put in a code where they could dismantle any vehicle rather than chase. Should we use? Really? Is that true? That might be a conspiracy theory, friends. Well, again, there there probably is some technology that that would. But there's. Whoops. Sorry. Uh, There's too many problems, I think, would be. I can't think of any right now, but <laughs> I yeah. think you'd have to, if somebody could control your car, I mean, no, I mean, what, yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah. But when you think about these chases and shootouts and accidents that happen and people caught in the crossfire of a high speed chase, sure, of course, it would be great, you know, like a low jack to be able to disable somebody's who has stolen a car or who is driving dangerously. But you're right. It seems like there would be a lot of points of failure with that technology, too. That could upset or not even upset, uh, be dangerous for regular drivers. I'm, uh, I'm not sure. No, send Jordana to the old fogey home to count flowers yeah. on the wallpaper. Oh, that sounds like heaven, by the way. Can can you send me there? <laughs> I would love the to go old there. Person's that home. Might be nice. No. <laughs> I need a vacation. All Counting right. Counting flowers. That sounds. Here cool. we go, Jordana. You ready? Vikings lose last night. Oh. Vikings lose to the Broncos. Here we go. Okay, I watched. Jordana Green breaks down the Vikings. Wait, you did watch? Really? No. Oh. No. I mean, the boys were watching. I glanced. So this is my understanding of the game, okay? The Minnesota Vikings defeated the Dallas Cowboys 24-17 in a hard-fought game at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Vikings took an early lead with a touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson in the first quarter. The Cowboys tied the game in the second quarter with a touchdown pass from Dak Prescott to C.D. Lamb. The Vikings regained the lead in the third quarter with a field goal from Greg Joseph. The Cowboys answered with a touchdown run from Ezekiel Elliott, but the Vikings responded with a touchdown pass from Cousins to Adam Thielen. The Vikings held on for the win with a late field goal from Joseph. Zeke doesn't play for the Cowboys anymore. J.J. was on the sideline and his feet closed. Was I close? And Kurt, nope. Kirk has a busted Achilles. Wrong team. Didn't too. play the Cowboys. It wasn't play, no. here. Oh, they didn't play the Cowboys. No. Oh. They played the Broncos in Denver. Uh, wrong city. Wrong opponent. And they lost. So again. But they weren't even home. No. Zero. So can you just explain what you do? So you just type in, give me the latest. <laughs> Here's my prompt. I use Google Bard and I say, break down the Vikings game from yesterday. Okay. And it responded, Sure. Here is a breakdown of the Vikings game from yesterday, Sunday, November 19th of 2023. So I thought it was right. Right? Yesterday was Sunday of 2023. And that's what it gave me. I I have a couple of key takeaways from the game if you're interested. Oh, I can't wait. They're so on point. What do you got? The Vikings offense was led by Cousins, who threw for 270 yards and two touchdowns. I know. Yeah, Jefferson had a game high. 10 receptions with 147 yards. Kirk Cousins came, he has a busted Achilles 10, and it still was. You know, this is actually an exposing how bad yeah, Google exactly. Bard is. I mean. Exactly. You, you and also, s- kids, don't use it for your homework. You should send them a note saying, uh, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end, they said, I hope this breakdown was helpful. Please let me know if you have any other questions. I have lots of questions. All right. Uh, we do have a lot of questions. We'll get actual legitimate uh, game recap. Brian Murphy from Bring Me the News and Purple Insider joins us every Monday to recap Vikings football and gopher football. Win. And wild Win hockey. No, they both lost. A lot of losses this week, and we'll go over them with Murph uh, next on CCO. <laughs> 
Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, here we go. A real football analysis with Brian Murphy, who uh, writes for Bring Me the News and Purple Insider. He joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Before we get to the Vikings and the Gophers and such, we were just having a conversation, Murph, about whether cars should have governors in them because so many clowns go over 100 miles an hour now, including one of the Viking receivers, by the way. Um, sh- is that a good idea? Do you think cars should have governors in them? Like, let's say 80 miles an hour is the tops. Governors, I, I'm I'm lost on the word verbiage here. Yeah, a lot is, of people. Is that were. a term for like limiting speed? Yes, yes. yes. Governors, yes. Oh. It's like technology. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yes. Not, You're not saying Tim Walls. Tim Walls. Yeah, somebody else. Yes. Yeah. Right. Tim Walls would be well, yeah. in your car saying, telling you to slow down. Um. No, I don't. Uh, I don't. You're an American, right? Because he grew up in Detroit. He he buy American cars and let those American cars drive as fast as they want. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to go 140 miles an hour unless you're a rookie wide receiver in the middle of the night, I guess. But uh, at, Hey, there's at, a dog emergency. There's a dog emergency. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, if, you, if I'm licensed to drive, I'm licensed to uh, figure out the speed limit. Thank you. Trust people. Um, uh, uh, no. Okay, yeah. but no. Yeah. I mean, Brian, you've met people. I don't trust people. <laughs> people are idiots. So, um, no. Oh, I would agree with that, but that we've been dealing with that for decades. <laughs> That's true. Long time. Never stops yeah, us before. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So uh, the Vikings lose, uh, it, 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 for, again, an entertaining game. But uh, I remember talking to you when the, they were 0-3, and I was like, well, you know, a lot of these problems with the Vikings have been attributable to uh, – turnovers and i was arguing that's a fixable thing that you can fix that and you argued against me saying yeah don't be so sure about that and again turnovers that's the story of the game last night yeah i mean yeah it was their first three turner three turnover game in quite some time and it bit them um it's easy to to preach ball security you can do all the drills you want but when the game's going 100 miles an hour yeah and large men are colliding in piles, the ball's going to come loose. So it's convenient to say it's fixable, but it's, it's, a, uh, it's an embedded feature of the game. And the fact is the Vikings didn't get any on defense. If they'd have gotten a, a, a critical turnover on Russell Wilson, say in the fourth quarter or certainly in the final three minutes, um, you wouldn't have thought about the three times they gave up the ball because they'd have come up with one on their own. So it's, it's kind of fickle. But there's no doubt you you lose the turnover battle, you know, you're 90-plus percent guaranteed to lose the game. So Alexander Madison's costly fumble uh, ended up putting, uh, you know, Denver in a position to to win the game. And, you know, the the Vikings defense had played strong all night, limiting them to five field goals. They couldn't come up with one more big series, one more big play at the end. And, look, Russell Wilson – you know, for as much as he struggled last year with Denver under Sean Payton this year, uh, you know, Denver's won four in a row, and they look like yeah. a different team than they were a couple of months ago. And Mile High Stadium is all, an awfully difficult place to win. And, oh, by the way, Russell Wilson is 8-1 and one in his career against the Vikings. So, you know, a big-time player made a big-time play at a big-time moment, and um, 
one point loss. Uh, Vikings are still six and five and in the driver's seat for the final wild card spot. But look, no one said this was going to be easy with Josh Dobbs, as good as it felt. There are going to be a lot of hiccups along the way. If anything, they've got a really bad Bears team coming into town next Monday night. Uh, that should give them some breathing room going into the bye. Speaking of Josh Dobbs, you know, he's been a hero of these past few weeks, so you guys tell me. Um, do we still heart Josh Dobbs? He should heart Jobs Jobs. You don't really have mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs. You don't really have a choice <laughs> either. <laughs> yeah. Either that or Nick yeah. Mullins. So uh, you, this is who you're going to get. And he's learning on the fly by the day. It's it's a really cool story. And as as the NFL goes, it's a week-by-week basis. So when somebody literally comes in off the street, happens to be a rocket scientist, and find, finds ways to deliver two incredibly important but also different-looking victories for the Vikings compared to what they could accomplish with Kirk Cousins, people are naturally going to get excited. They're going to buy into the hype. They're going to think, you know, this guy's going to go win a Super Bowl and then fly the next, you know, <laughs> spacecraft. It's not going to be that simple. And, you know, Dobbs played well yesterday. Didn't play great, but played well. Uh, I was encouraged by how well the, the, the Vikings running game was. They, I think they rushed yes. for 175 yards. They hadn't come any anywhere close to that in previous seasons or previous games. Um, you know, Dobbs threw a touchdown pass, made some magic happen with his legs again. Uh, but there were a lot of times where he could have easily have been picked off two or three more times. This was going to be a week-by-week uh, difficult learning curve that's going to have flashes of brilliance, uh, unbelievable moments, highs and lows. And look, they, they still only scored 20 points yesterday. This is going to be a grind all the way to nine or ten wins. And that's the best probably you can hope for the rest of the year. But it will be entertaining. Hey, that's, I was just going to say that because like, I was talking to Jimmy Erickson when he was a morning show producer on the way out. He <laughs> says it, they're fun to watch. I mean, even as frustrating as that loss was last night, if you're a Viking fan, the game is supremely entertaining. The defense is, I mean, we were questioning B-flow at the early point of the year. Now that defense is very fun to watch, very capable. And with Josh Dobbs, it's like you have no idea what's going to happen it's very entertaining football. Right, and that's the way it's going to be. And, and look, we're not looking at a Super Bowl contender here. I mean, at, at best, they can grind out nine, ten wins that gets you in as a wild card. I mean, maybe you make some hay in the playoffs, but I don't think anybody thinks they're going to be taking down Dallas, Philadelphia, or San Francisco in the later rounds. But that doesn't mean you can't get a look at this new dynamic at quarterback and what does that mean for the, the near-term future for both him and Cousins. Are they going to, you know, take a quick pivot and, and embrace Dobbs all the way through? He's got a lot more he needs to put on his resume before the franchise is going to make a long-term decision yeah. like that. You still have draft intrigue coming up. You know, and oh, by the way, we still haven't seen Justin Jefferson in six weeks. Yeah. If he comes back, if not this week, then maybe they get another week of the bye. He comes back at full strength. I mean, that changes the dynamic of the offense again as well. So all these things are interesting to follow and watch. Doesn't mean they're going to be going to the Super Bowl, but it sure feels a heck of a lot better than it did at zero and three and one and four. How I was actually reading something um, last night about playing at mile high, and you mentioned that earlier in your um, in, in this conversation, Brian. That other players, like regular players that live at a regular sea level, you know, we really struggle with the oxygen. I mean, how much of an advantage really is that? And what do the players do to prepare for, you know, being a mile above sea level? 
there's really not much you can do. It's been a topic of oh, conversation. Really? I mean, when I was covering the Wild for years, I mean, they would go out to Colorado four times, and then usually in the playoffs as well. Those athletes that live out there are conditioned to this. Yeah. You go out there, mm-hmm. you're up in the thin oxygen, and you're on, suddenly on the on the field for a, you know a 10 minute stretch on defense, and the, and you know the NBC camera showed. I mean, guys are huffing and puffing in an oxygen tank. I mean, that's real. And uh, I mean, it's a tough, loud environment to play. But if you're not out there that much um, toward the third and fourth quarter, um, that can get difficult. <laughs> it can get, get difficult yeah. even for the for world class athletes because uh, thin altitude is. It's thin altitude. There's only so much you can do uh, to prepare for that. It's not like you can prepare for cold and wind and crowd noise artificially. I mean, you're not going to suck the oxygen out of the training facility for a week, so <laughs> you really just have to go in there and deal with it. Uh, let's move on to the Gophers. They get destroyed by Ohio State. Uh, everybody kind of expected that. Now they'll need to beat Wisconsin to get bowl eligible. Uh, what do we think about P.J. Fleck? Well, I don't think much. I, you know, I've never been a big fan of the Used Car Salesman Act, but, you know, when you're winning games and, and you're winning over fan bases and you're winning bowl games and you're putting up du- double-digit victories, you know, you could say it works, you know, but row the boat only goes so far. The yeah. problem I have with him is that he, he talks like an alpha, but he coaches like an omega. I mean, he coaches <laughs> not to lose. Yes. Um, you know, twice, no one, no one on the planet thought Minnesota was going to go into Columbus and beat the number two team in the country. Uh, and a 37 to three loss affirmed that. But in the first half, you had fourth and fives inside Buckeye territory and chose to punt both times. And the explanation that Fleck gave afterwards was like this, I'm trying to manage the team and my expectations the best I can to prevent mistakes and prevent catastrophe. You're coaching not to win or you're coaching not to lose. You're not coaching to win. And that's the frustrating part. I have the aggressiveness that he has at the podium and in the PR game, doesn't reflect uh, his sideline managing. And, you know, he can make the, the argument that he doesn't have the, the horses to do this, but he's bringing in the horses. So you're either not recruiting players that are tough enough or that you trust to make big plays at big moments, uh, or you're too scared to even, you know, be aggressive and do that. Uh, that's not a place you want to be. It's, it's called mediocrity. It's called being lukewarm, and that's kind of where they've leveled off. So, yeah. They need to beat Wisconsin at home to keep the axe, to avoid a losing season, which would only be the second in flex tenure here, and become bowl eligible, yeah. despite having the Big Ten West basically in their in their hands three weeks ago. But you know, the three you know, fourth quarter collapse versus a backup Illinois quarterback at home, six hundred yards and forty nine points to a bad, very bad Purdue team. And then an unexpected blowout loss to uh, Ohio State, and here we are, uh, you know, just scratching and clawing to get to six and six. We're talking to Brian Murphy from uh, Bring Me the News and a Purple Insider. Uh, the Wild uh, go to Sweden, have two games in Sweden. They lose both of them uh, in overtime. Uh, if you know anything about the NHL, is NHL they they fire coaches a lot midseason, and I bring that up because the Wild have been struggling mightily. And is there any chance? that uh, Dean Evison uh, would get fired here? Well, I thought the time to do that would have probably been last April after yeah. they bowed out in another six-game right. underwhelming loss. Um, Bill Guerin decided to run it all back, uh, or maybe Craig Leopold told him to run it all back. But you've got the same coaching staff, essentially, the same roster. We all know they're, they got or $15 million tied up in dead cap money with you know Suter and Parisi and some others. We understand the situation. 
but they're looking terrible, and their penalty kill has been even worse. Yes. And that plagued them not only in the playoffs last year, but two years ago against St. Louis. You got their best player. You know, what's wrong with Kirill Kaprizov? Right. He's got one even strength goal all season. Matt Boldy has none in his last eight games. Uh, the goaltending of uh, Philip Gustafson and Mark Andre Fleury has been mediocre at best. I mean, they got they've lost five in a row, and they've only got five regulation wins in seventeen games. Um, they get a chance to reset. You know, they they made this trip. They got a couple of, you know, they got a shootout loss and an overtime loss. And yes, they rallied from a three-one third period deficit against Toronto to at least grab one point. They don't play till Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. They can rest, recuperate, get back on central time zone. They get a little bit of a reset. You know, Bill Guerin had a, a, a closed-door meeting a couple, uh, before they left for Sweden and basically let the team have it for getting blown out at home 8-3 to three to Dallas. So it sounds like Everson's job is safe for now, but uh, if this becomes unsustainable, uh, they may have to make a change. But they've got, they've got a chance. It's still November. They've notoriously been slow starters to the season. They got a long way to go, uh, but this team can play and should be expected to play a lot better than they have. We're uh, up against it. We got about a minute left, but I wanted to get your uh, thoughts on uh, the piece in Racket uh, talking about your old uh, workplace, the Pioneer Press, and what has happened there. I remember you were sounding the alarm when you still worked there about Alden Capital and how it's just destroyed the Pioneer Press. Honestly, it's almost it, I feel good about the people that still work there and the job they're still doing. But I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's t- it, was t- it was a tough read. It wasn't unexpected. I was right. a little surprised by the numbers, uh, uh, when I mean headcount. Like, when I started there in 2000, there were 230 people in that newsroom, and now there's less than 30. Jeez. We're talking journalists actually putting out not only the print product that no one's buying anymore, but the digital product. Uh, it's yeoman's work that they're doing, but it's basically a game of whack-a-ball. I mean, they're running around covering everything that's right in front of them, but it's very difficult to, to source build and, and, and deepen relationships and, and do sort of the investigative feature writing, enterprise writing, why this matters writing when you're down, you know, when you're just trying to survive day to day. So it's, it's, it's tough to see, um, but it's not sh- shocking. I mean, Alden Capital and, you know, hedge funds, they, they treat their businesses like ATMs. And as far as, mm-hmm. as long as the Pioneer Press is going to, is going to be profitable, Alden's not going to invest in, in the, uh, in the product. They're going to just, you know, take everything off the top that they can until, until it just is bled out. And it's just, it's, it's tough to see, um, but wholly predictable. It's so sad. It's so sad to see this. I, because now more than ever, we need good reporting. We need local reporting. We need you need truths. people at the, need... the city council meetings yes. looking at the budget. Yes, you know that. Yes. Uh, you know, corruption. Uh, you know, can thrive in darkness, and somebody needs to be looking at who's saying what, who's spending what. Um, it's not so much you know covering the games, but it's covering your local city council. It's covering That's exactly right state government, and and it's good to have another media outlet other than the Star Tribune doing that. Agreed. Thanks, Brian. Have a great week, sir. Have a happy Thanksgiving. All right, you too. Thanks, everyone. Brian Murphy. Uh, you can read him and uh, bring me the news. And uh, Purple Insider, he does uh, that podcast with uh, Matthew Collar. 951, we'll be back after this. Adam and Jordan on CCO. Oh, we only have about a minute left, Adam. I'm sorry. Right. I was going to. 
I was going to ask you about your uncle because I know you wanted to talk. I do. About I, this. We're going to. I'm going to save mm-hmm. that conversation till eleven o'clock, okay. if you don't mind. Like okay. um, uh, my uncle Jim mm-hmm. Carter, who could use uh, some yeah. prayers and thoughts, and I'll explain um, what's going on with him a little later. Good uh, in the show. We want to do yeah. that. And I, I had a very busy weekend. In fact, I took a walk around Lake Calhoun um, to uh, call for the release of the hostages that are still being held by terrorists uh, in Gaza and. I will share more about that. I've posted that on my Instagram page, so you can take a look at that. And I, um, it was this weekend. It was organized very quickly, and it was a very meaningful, moving, um, and peaceful and unifying event. So I want to share more about that. But did we do the Linda's construction time check? Can I squeeze that in? Do it right now. It's 9.56, time to invest in a complimentary heat map analysis with your insulation estimate. Uh, David, tell us what we got coming up in Quick Takes. Well, a Boeing 787 Dreamliner landed smoothly in one of the most inhospitable places in the world. We'll Detroit. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> also, a couple of turkeys are on their way to D.C. We'll see if we can get a the for that. turkeys. Ugh. Minnesotans. <laughs> Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.